When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science and fantasy. This is episode 153, and we are recording on May 11th. I'm Jen Northington, here with Sharifa Williams, and today we're talking about webtoons with thanks to listener Dana for the idea. I was like vaguely aware. I knew I knew what webtoons was. Yeah. But I had never actually dived in, and... I I can see the appeal. <laughs> I can too. I used to have an account on Webtoons and I used to, like there were just a couple of um, comics I would return to regularly, but it totally mm. like just fell off my radar at some point. I can't even name a reason why, but <laughs> I was a very limited user. So this was like a much bigger exploration than I had ever mm. done. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, first, we want to remind you that we have another podcast. You can have more Book Riot in your ear holes. It is called First Edition. And Jeff O'Neill, who is our co-founder, is exploring the wide bookish world via interviews, lists, rankings, retrospectives, recommendations, just whatever anybody wants to talk about, kind of, and whatever formats he can come up with, uh, with people who know and love books. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I will tell you that there's a recent episode about about uh, like reading stories, includes reading stories in one segment where our associate editor, Erica, tells <laughs> the most amazing story about trying to buy a new mom for a dollar. It's incredible. <laughs> so good. Um, there's also Jeff and Rebecca do a regular segment trying to guess the it book of any given month. There was a great discussion about Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret by Kelly and Vanessa. All kinds of good stuff over there. So again, first edition. Find it on your podcatcher of choice and enjoy. And yeah, let's take a sponsor break before we get into our news. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined. Haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet? We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is a perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? Pick up The Dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. Well, I guess I will kick us off with our first news story. And I wanted to start with this really 
fun, very recent (laughs) as we are recording story about one of the wildest ways I have ever heard of a book blowing up like on the bestseller list, not just like becoming viral, but actually leading to like big sales. So this is reported by Gizmodo and Linda Codega, who actually had an interview with the individual who started the whole thing. Um, and I'm not even sure I could say the full name of this person <laughs> on this podcast. On this podcast. I will just say the first name, Bigalus, and you can Bigalus. look at this article. We are a safe for work podcast. That's right. So, so Bigalus is an individual on Twitter who mostly talks about the Trigun fan- franchise. So that's manga and anime. And I am not myself familiar. Like I've heard of Trigun. I've never watched it or read the manga or anything like that. Um, but this person is big into Trigun. And then they um, they read, this is how you lose the time war, which is hilarious because I was literally talking about this book on the last um backlist episode I recorded because I was like, Mm. I am overdue to read this book by Amal El-Motar and Max Gladstone that was so popular. It was really popular when it came out in 2019. It won a bunch of awards. So it's not like it was under the radar or anything, but it's been a couple years. So Bigalis was talking about this book in the most, you know, fandom style way, just like basically a couple of sentences that said, read this, do not look up anything about it, just read it. It's only like 200 pages. You can download it on Audible. It's only like four hours. Do it right now. I'm very extremely serious. So that, that tweet (laughs) blew up. A whole bunch of people liked it, retweeted it, bought the book. And the two authors, like, we're completely baffled because like, I saw the tweet from, I think it was Max Gladstone, who is like, I've been in the pool all day and I just came back to this, like seeing <laughs> their book on the best, like ranking way high on Amazon. Um, so it was just, it just became this sensation and everybody was like, who is this person? How did this happen? Because Bigalus doesn't have like a huge following or anything like that. So it was just completely wild. But I read this whole interview and it was just, I don't know, it was as fun and joyful as this whole sensation has been. Um, This person who won't identify themselves, they asked to be called Bun. (laughs) (laughs) And I I guess they're 22. So they're a pretty young person. And they were just talking about how much they love Trigun, how much they love this book, and how they're so excited and happy to see that it took off and basically trying to use this new virality to like, for instance, get some um, out of print Trigun manga published, like reprinted. (laughs) (laughs) I just love this whole thing. And I know you know about it. We were all talking about it yesterday. Yes. It's delightful. It, you know, I was just thinking about how it reminds me of when I was like a fresher, younger mm. bookseller and had more energy. <laughs> I don't know. And I would like, I I remember this, you know, I think somebody refers to it as just like unhinged enthusiasm yes. is the phrase that shows up a lot. And I remember like feeling that and you know, sort of embodying, especially at the bookstore, if a customer was like, what should I read next? I would be like, this, I'm not even gonna tell you about it. You're just gonna buy it right now. Like, read it, just read it. And like, they would, people respond to that. Um, Although that being said, if that's like all that book, like if that's all you're hearing forever about books, like it gets, Mm -hmm. there's a limited uh, capacity to receive that kind of unhinged enthusiasm, I think. Because when everybody's shouting about how good everything is, you're like, well, all of these can't be that great. But 
when something strikes at the right moment and it stands out for that sort of unhinged enthusiasm, it's really powerful, as you can see. The I will find the links and put them in the show notes. Um, the agent for that book, Dong Wan Song, yeah. has been posting like amazing graphs <laughs> about like how like one tweet can outsell a Pulitzer Prize and like you know sales graphs and amazing stuff. And there's also a really great piece uh, that Slate did interviewing Amal Al Motar, who's obviously one of the authors, and like how baffled and delighted she yeah. is. Um, there's just, it's it's they're all good reads. Like all of it is like. We so rarely get these moments of joy. It feels like on social media these days, I feel like all of the news around social media and publishing is grim. Yes. So this is just, I don't even know. Like, it's so refreshing. It just feels nice. Yeah. Refreshing, <laughs> delightful are the words. Like, I just love it. It makes me so happy. So I wish Bigelis all of the best in their endeavors and really appreciate <laughs> their contributions and this book is amazing you you still haven't read it right no i have to finish yeah. my current read and then it's yes. next up on the list you, you just have to read it <laughs> and i will co-sign like really like don't bother looking up anything about it if you haven't read it yet just just freaking yeah. read it it's that good it's that good so yeah that's amazing and i'm going to watch trigon i think because now i just have to know, <laughs> I I know, like, I know. this person obviously has good taste <laughs> seriously i it is it is i have never been so tempted <laughs> <laughs> oh, and i could use a new anime honestly so here we For go real. Uh, well, speaking of fandom, yeah. let's roll into this story uh, from Rolling Stone. Unintentional punage there. <laughs> uh, so the, you know, Time War fandom is not the only fandom that's like going to the lengths to try to support the thing they love. Uh, this story in Rolling Stones, uh, reported on by C.T. Jones, is about how the Shadow and Bone fandom are trying to game the Netflix system to keep Shadow and Bone from getting canceled. There is a lot of context around this story. I think a lot of us have seen that it I don't know if it's just fantasy shows, but a lot of fantasy and sci-fi shows get two seasons and then they're done. Um if if they even get two seasons, sometimes they only get one. And it's not it doesn't appear to have any sort of like Netflix won't share ratings and viewership, so we really don't know what math they're using to determine these things. But uh, the Shadow and Bone fandom have decided that the way they want to convince Netflix to keep Shadow and Bone around is to, like, constantly be watching the episodes that are already up. So people are just, like, putting it on in the background. They're watching it, like, 60 times, like, to try to <laughs> increase the viewership numbers. Um, they're tweet there are hashtags. They're tweeting about it. They're trying to make sure that it stays in a sort of front and center place so that they get more episodes, which is, you know, admirable, but also I'm like, well, Netflix knows you're doing this. Like, I just yeah. don't know. I don't know. I I have questions. And then, of course, in the context of the writer's strike, which I'm going to leave uh, a, an article about also from Gizmodo, um, that's impacting. It's They've got a list of all of the different series, fantasy series that are impacted by it. Um, and we are, you know, full of support for the WGA mm -hmm. in this matter. But that's also going to dictate, you know, what happens to a lot of these shows. So it's it was a really interesting read because, again, I'm sort of... I am an like old and tired publishing auntie. Like I don't have this kind of energy in me anymore, but I really love to see it, I guess is how I want to say it. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I think it, it is really, it is endearing. Like it, it's yeah. a nice thing to see when fandom comes together. And there's obviously like a deep and enduring sense of community Yes. among this fandom and people like at the end were like even if it fails like we've got each other and we're gonna mm -hmm. be there and all this stuff that's really sweet to see and hear I also don't have the energy for this sort of thing I'm I'm sort of like um I I really enjoyed I saw the first season of Shadow and Bone and I really enjoyed it like we watched it we marathon watched it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't catch up with season two just because, you know, I, I'm not <laughs> catching up with all the things in real time. Right. But now I'm like, oh, I should watch it. And I cannot imagine watching things. I I cannot handle rewatching in most cases. Like, mm. I really struggle with it. So this, like – Makes me deeply cringe even to have it on in the <laughs> background, but that's just me. But yeah. I, I love to see it as well. And I think that this is um, – I, if I was working on this show, I would feel really good about all of these people coming mm. together to try and save it uh, because – it's really nice. And it does sound like some of the showrunners and things like that are also engaging. And even some people on different shows who are <laughs> facing cancellations and things are also kind of contributing to show solidarity and stuff like that. Um, so it's a really interesting story. I am so curious to see what's going to happen. Yes, in terms of like the writer's strike that's happening mm-hmm. and just like the general success of fandom coming together we have seen it happen before but it's not by any means always successful so yeah I wish them yeah. luck is what I'll say yeah yeah good fight in the good fight yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so I guess I will oh this is actually one you found um yeah. and it's reported by the New York Times and it's about a new uh, some new butterflies that have been found, and they're being named for Sauron, who is, of <laughs> course, the villain in Lord of the Rings. And this is reported on by Chris Stanford. So this is a new genus of butterfly. And, you know, people are finding new species and genuses of, of insects all the time. This is uh, coming from the Amazon, which is like, host to mm-hmm. all sorts of things we probably can't even imagine that we have not, you know, stumbled upon yet. So they found this genus in the southwestern Amazon rainforest, and there are a few of them that are hardly, you know, um, they're hardly able to identify them separately. So they had to like test their genetics and things like that. But they named them after Sauron for a few reasons. So because there are some features that on this butterfly that are, you know, if I'm looking at this, uh, these pictures of this butterfly, I mm-hmm. I can't say <laughs> that I necessarily <laughs> see it. No. But they explain that they, you know, they name some of these discoveries after pop culture figures like well-known characters and people and things like that. And I've seen a story like this before. I can't remember. I think they named it after a celebrity or something. They Mm -hmm. named some insect or some new thing after a celebrity. And in that piece as well, they, they explain that they do this because it kind of gives exposure to these species that are often endangered. Um, and that need the attention for reasons of ecology and things like that. So it's to bring attention to the whole thing, which makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot more sense than like, oh my gosh, this butterfly looks like Sauron. Like, right, right. <laughs> but I just thought, you know, when I, I read this after I clicked the link you shared, I was like, this is just kind of a cool, super nerdy story about you know, things that I love pollinators. They are mm-hmm. everything I think of now as I as I do my gardening and, yes, yes. and try to prepare my garden for the pollinators and the monarchs, which are also endangered. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was cool. I think it was they were successful in bringing attention to this species and to the plight of the Amazonian forest. I hope that, you know, they live on and thrive. Um mm-hmm. And I just thought it was it was hilarious. Apparently, Sauron is named for, like, is given the name to many different things in science. Like, yes, that was my favorite part of this. There's a dinosaur, a dung beetle, and a frog, and a galaxy. And then this other, the last paragraph, it's like, oh, by the way, like, there's also all of these other characters named after Tolkien stuff. Like, there's a fish named after Gollum. There's a crab that's named for Gandalf. And there's a bat that's named after the hobbits, which makes me, like, I'm just delighted. 
<laughs> it's really lovely. Before I read about the other characters being named, I was like, is the moral of the story be the villain in a in a tale? That's and- how you get a species <laughs> named after you. <laughs> be like Sauron. <laughs> Happily, the answer is no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took delight in the story. So yeah, it's like only good news. Well, or mostly good news today. Yes, um, is what we're we're going for here. Well, our last good news story then is that the Future Worlds Prize shortlist has been announced. Um, Locus has the full eight title shortlist. And the Future Worlds Prize, more specifically, is for fantasy and science fiction writers of color. We love to see a prize that is helping underrepresented and marginalized writers get more attention and some dollar-dollar bills. Uh, And this prize includes both a cash prize and mentorship, which is great. And I don't know any of these names because they're new. Yeah. Like they're new. So I'm really excited to uh, find these stories. Um, and I saw Elliot Dubedard was one of the judges. Yes. Which makes me so happy, obviously. Um, and I also really think it's nice that this award is funded by another author, Ben Aranovich, who I think a lot of y'all have probably read, and actor Adjoa Ando. So this is just really, I like love everything about this. Love it all. New authors, people getting support, like and mentorship and recognition. Like, yes, yes to all of it. It's awesome. I was momentarily confused because I was like, oh my gosh, I've never come across a list where I didn't know a single author. Yes. And then I realized what the award was all about. Right. That it was <laughs> like, you know, people who are writing their stories, like to submit, you don't even have to have finished your book, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to be able to like give them a summary and things like that and submit 5,000 to 10,000 words. So it's, it's really, really cool, and I will be thrilled for whoever wins, but I hope they all get, you know, some attention and some deals out of mm-hmm. being listed as finalists for this. Yeah, yeah, really, really great. All right, well, that is our last news story, so let's do another sponsor break and then start talking about webtoons. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds. College student Blake and her girlfriend have one goal. Join the exclusive sorority that promises connections to a network of trailblazing women of color. Now, Ella's acceptance is a sure thing. She's a daughter of a Serena Society alum. After all, Blake, on the other hand, lacks Ella's pedigree and her confidence. Luckily, though really unluckily, she finds courage at the bottom of a liquor bottle. When she drinks, she's bold and funny, and as pledging intensifies, so does Blake's drinking. Ella assures her that she's fine, partying hard is what it takes, but with her future on the line, Blake must decide how far she's willing to go to achieve glittering dreams of success. Now, just so you know, Jazz Hammonds is the 2023 winner of the critic Scott King John Steptoe Award for New Talent for We Deserve Monuments, and We Deserve Monuments was an Amazon Best Books of the Year and Barnes & Noble Best Books of the Year for 2023, so suffice to say, y'all should check this new one out. Thanks again to Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds for sponsoring this episode. 
So Sharifa, you have a little more familiarity with this. Do you want to like give everybody a breakdown about Webtoons? Yeah. So Webtoons is in its essence like a platform where you can find free comics written by people of all types. Some of them are teams of people, comic book writers and illustrators, you know, uh, line artists and things like that. And some of them are just like individuals who are looking to produce comics and are doing it completely on their own. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they have, they support themselves sometimes through links to their Patreons and other um, sites like that, where you can actually support them monetarily for doing the work. And Webtoons is one of a few, um, online comic sites and apps where you can find what is dominated by really anime, I mean, manga style and Mm -hmm. manga style comics, but those aren't the only styles of comics you can find. Um, I had to do some digging for some, some comics that weren't in that style, but it is a great resource for people Mm -hmm. who really love manga and manhwa and other um, comics from, you know, non-Western cultures, which is super cool. And Tapas is another place where you can find these comics. Although Tapas has changed a lot since I initially used it. It used to look a lot more like Webtoons. Now it's a lot more, um, it's organized, it's a lot more businessy, business forward. Oh. And I think they actually have like contracts with some of the hmm. creators and things like that. I remember them sending me a whole big email about the changes a while ago. <laughs> but those two places, I think, are where a lot of people go for their comics when they want to just get some access to free manga and manhwa and stuff like that. And it can be really addictive. Like you can spend a lot of time yeah on these sites just (laughs) reading and subscribing and you can find so much great stuff so it was a joy yeah it's so funny because I was just talking with somebody the other day about how so Saga is not a webtoon right Saga is a comic Mm -hmm. a long running comic from Image by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples and it was one of my first introductions to comics and it's one I followed for years and I bought the omnibus edition which has literally every issue up until they took that long break and I read all of it and I was like I'm gonna keep up with it when it comes back and have I kept up with it (laughs) no I have not because I don't do weeklies anymore because I don't have a local comic shop. I used to have one. Now I don't. And I lose track of when they're going to be like bundled, you know, into a, um, a, a paperback, you know, that I can get them all collected in. Uh, and and I know I could subscribe online, but I have found I just, you know, you have to tap on the panels and then keep tapping. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I just, it's not, it's not a seamless experience. There's too much friction. So I lose track. So what will happen is when there's a new big collection volume, that's when I'll start catching up. So I was thinking about that as I was poking around at Webtoons and I was like, oh, all I have to do is scroll. I don't yeah. have to click anything. <laughs> I don't have to zoom in. I don't have to zoom back out. Like you can't do the same things, obviously, as like you can't do full splash pages on here. But what I really loved about this experience was how some of these artists are playing with the scrolling format. It's so cool. And it is like, I'm like, oh, I'm about to start reading a lot more comics because (laughs) they're just they're just right here on my phone. And it just makes it so easy, Um, which quite frankly, I'm excited about because I miss reading comics, but I haven't I have struggled to find the method that will keep them, you know, easily to hand and uh, low friction in terms of actually reading. So I am I am a convert. Thank you, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) You may have created a monster. No, it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. You know, my only challenge with it was that when I first got there, I 
was a little overwhelmed. Yes. You're so yeah, you're like, much. how do I even just like start to pick? Um, I will say Dana included a list of recommendations in the email. Mm-hmm. And I like meant to look them up. And then I got in there and I got overwhelmed and I got distracted and I completely forgot. So no, I didn't actually read any of <laughs> Dana's recommendations. But we're going to put them in the show notes and I'm going to read them now. But I discovered other ones. But it was very like, I don't even know. Like they take you through this whole sign up process where you tell them their favorite genres and then you you know get suggested some things but then I like lost that page and couldn't find it again and eventually just like started poking around yeah there's a lot of content in here so much so much so yeah uh so all right so speaking of being obsessed with the the way that people are playing with formats um my fantasy pick which is very new. It has some of the lowest, like, I was kind of not paying attention to how many ratings some of these had. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like 500 million people have oh, read wow. this or like subscribed to this comic. Like, what? Um, but my first pick is as like still in the like tens of thousands of viewers um, because it's brand new. It only has six episodes as opposed to a lot of these that have like hundreds. Uh, It's Anya and the Crow's Curse by Enki Art. And it is about an extremely adorable young woman who has horns growing out of her head Mm -hmm. um, and is like pretty happy-go-lucky except for when people are mean to her about the horns growing out of her head. And it is only six episodes in, but the pitch is that it is about Anya who dreams of leaving this small rural town. Um, She wants to meet people like her because she doesn't know anybody else who has, you know, any kind of like animal features in addition to being a human. And she's in the forest one day and meets somebody who has some crow features, as you might guess from the title. Uh, And everything sort of unrolls from there. It's an LGBT fantasy romance. And um, I love the art style. It feels very Miyazaki to me in in, in a way. Yeah, it's got a little bit of Miyazaki vibes. And I love how Enki art is like, there are distinct panels, as it were. But the, some of them are much like longer vertically than others, where some are more horizontal or even smaller than the full width. And like they're playing with the layout on the phone in a way that just like delights me. Um, I really love the way that they are taking advantage of the space and using it in all of these different ways that come together in a really smart, I think, progression. Um, the way it paces out. It's like pacing for your phone is, mm. is really interesting. So I really appreciate all of the thought that NKR is putting into this. And I love the vibes of it. Like it is very like the opening episode is Anya like gathering like herbs in the forest. And I'm uh. like, well, that's my jam. <laughs> like here we are. Um, and she works in a library like and is, you know, kind of like has to hide her horns in her hoodie when she goes to the mini market because the old lady's going to be mean to her. And like, I don't know. I just am really enjoying it, um, both visually and storytelling and artistically. I'm, I'm a fan. So again, that is Anya and the Crow's Curse by Enki Art. Yes. Well, my first pick, my fantasy is kind of a cheat because it's something (laughs) that also exists in book format, but whatever, because I kind of forgot that Lore Olympus by Rachel Smythe got its start on Webtoons in 2018, and it's still there. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was just scrolling through, exploring like the genres, and I saw it, and I was like, Oh my goodness, I get to finally read this comic that I've been telling myself I was going to read for ages. And it did not dissuade me from going out and getting the the book. Like I will go out and buy it and pay for the work because mm-hmm. it's so amazing and gorgeous and it is there to be read. This is, of course, um, you might have heard of it. It sort of sets Greek mythology in modern times. The gods are these like sort of slick, sexy, modern type people. And 
Lore Olympus centers a reimagined story of Hades and Persephone, which when I was younger was my favorite story in the Pantheon. And so I was obsessed with this from the beginning because the art style is just so cool. Like, Mm. I love the colors. I love, like, the comedic moments and how the style of the art changes. Like, in a similar way you might see in anime or manga. Like, when it suddenly, they suddenly turn to, like, you know, very roughly yes. drawn characters. I don't know why I love that. And it's obviously effective <laughs> because lots of people use it and I yes. never tire of it because no. there are some really great funny moments in this comic. And in addition to just like these really beautiful scenes of like Hades kingdom and like it's this dark city very urban looking and then you go out to the other areas and there's actually color and in the story Persephone is like moving from her sheltered home with her mom who is like super protective of her um to her detriment and she's finally going off to the big city and uh, she's friends and roommates with Artemis. It's just really hilarious. I think it's just a really great play on Greek mythology. I think it's really fun and it's so beautifully done. I can definitely see why this took off and why it became so successful with such a huge fandom because it just really has everything. It has everything I want in a comic. So I just rem- wanted to remind everybody that if you are exploring webtoons and you haven't read Laura Olympus, it is there. Um, so again, yeah, that was Laura Olympus by Rachel Smythe. Yeah, that's on my list to to give a look see yes, to for sure. I know, I know I'm gonna love it. It's just uh just a matter of time. Yeah. So well my sci-fi pick is like honestly, I don't even know if it's more correctly called sci-fi because it it's like just barely in the near future. <laughs> um and it's squarely in my wheelhouse for that reason. It's called Seed and it is by Saeed P. And it has many episodes. Um, I'm only like on number six or seven, but it's got 147, which is the series finale. So it's complete, it looks like. And it is about a teenager named Emma who is like having fights with this, you know, mean girl at her school, like getting in trouble. And she, none of her friends are texting her back one evening and she finds this like chat bot that it's only you know tagline is I listen and so she clicks on it and develops this relationship with this chat bot that actually turns out to be this like super AI that starts trying to quote unquote help her in her life yeah it's like I'm just at the point where things are starting to take a more sinister turn because like when you pair like a superpower algorithm with a teenager, uh, like oh, no. <laughs> it's not gonna be good. <laughs> Although, but it's also like could be fun, like along the way, in that like, oh God, what's gonna happen sort of sense. Like, I love this pairing, and also I'm very nervous for everyone involved, which is <laughs> I like a great hook. It's a great hook, and I really enjoy the art. This is a more straightforward structure, um, in terms of you know, panels. And I don't know what it's called on here because it's not panels, but like, that's what I'm going to say because that's yeah. the term I know. Um, it's a little more straightforward in that regard, but I really love the art style and I, I am enjoying the characters. I'm enjoying the setting. I am like minorly stressed out, which means it's working. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's got my attention. I mean, we are like reading so much in the news, about AI and algorithms and chatbots and, you know, all of this stuff that's like going to take over the internet or already has taken over the internet and going to take over jobs or already has taken over jobs. And like, what are all of the implications of that? And this is something that sci-fi has been talking about for forever. Uh, and we've finally caught up to it. And it's something I still need fictional stories about so I can figure out like how I'm going to deal with it in my daily. So (laughs) thank you, Saeed, for giving me yet another cathartic read about it slash stressful read. Um, So yes, that's Seed by Saeed P. 
So timely and unnerving. So timely. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, my next pick is a science fantasy, and it's The Uncommons by – this one has a big team. I'm just going to go ahead and say all their names. Mm -hmm. Tony Weaver Jr. Um, Ooh, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. I'm going to attempt it. Joamette Gill, uh, Spencer Amundsen, Andy Robles, Valdez, Leah Harmon, and Hannah Lee. So this is a big team, and you can kind of tell it's really well-crafted, this comic. And it's another one that really plays with the format. Um, It does a lot of, like, gradients into the next uh, panel and... It uses the sizing and everything really effectively. And it's just a comic that is really fun. Like, I think that was kind of what I was looking for when I was looking for reads here is just like a good time, basically. Mm. And it's this science fantasy who follows a young woman who can see these ominous visions of an apocalyptic future, which really does not sound like fun. But the the comedy (laughs) is on point. She's like kind of this awkward person who is really adamant about saving the world and making sure that this vision she's seeing doesn't get realized. And then there's this superhero icon called Influencer who she reaches out to first because this person seems like, you know, he's poised to help her out with this mission she's accepted. And Influencer has tons of super fans, but it turns out he's this secretly nerdy dude. Like you find out right away, he's he is not the person everyone thinks he is. He he has a sourdough hobby. He does not <gasps> like confrontation. He's terrified of conflict and of disappointing people. And he really doesn't have a lot of confidence in himself when he is not Influencer, this, this character he's created. And so she travels to this futuristic looking place called Delta City where there are these giant screens everywhere. It's like what you imagine of a sci-fi future. Giant screens, um, sending messages to everyone. There are bots who who act as like the law enforcement units and also community liaisons and directors. And she goes there to meet Influencer and recruit him. But of course, her story is completely unbelievable. She has nothing, she has no proof to to show that this thing is going to happen other than her own visions, which nobody else can see. So it's really challenging for her to get Influencer on board, especially because she doesn't know that he really does not see himself as an actual superhero. And then a villain shows up and threatens the people of Delta City and demands they bring him influencer. And we meet another person with powers, Julio. So it's about this team of, you know, uncommons who come together and are kind of responsible for saving all of humanity and saving the future from an <laughs> apocalypse. And they're like all you do. kind of, yeah, you know, and they're like, you know, they have problems and challenges and they're not like uh, super heroic by any means, but they all have different skills, which is really cool because their their talents are kind of called out, but you don't get to see all of them. Like it has like these little, these character images with all of their little different talents showing up. I just thought it was really fun. And I actually laughed out loud at some of the scenes. It was kind of like reading Miss Marvel for the first time for me. Oh. I know. It gave me those feels because there's like this fandom stuff and there's this awkward main character who is obviously a super fan of influencer and, you know, they're trying to do good, but they're not too great at it. And there are also these two goofy security guards who think they are like the answer to the security of the world, but they are <laughs> totally goofy and not great. <laughs> it's really fun. It's it's just, I definitely recommend it if you just want to pick me up. So again, that was The Uncommons written by Tony Weaver Jr. and the whole team. 
I have subscribed to that one now and I'm very <laughs> excited to start reading it. Uh, speaking of comedy and just feel good, I have two shout outs. Both of these were recommended to me by Liberty, who is over on all the books and turns out to know a bunch about webtoons of too. Of course. <laughs> what doesn't Liberty know? Nothing is the answer. Um, and she pointed me at two, which I think are really interesting actually for uh different ways to use the platform so i'm just going to give them quick shout outs the first is sally and bean by aristocrate i think is how one says that i could be wrong <laughs> um like screen names i don't know and it is a very simple concept it's a witch and her pet dragon and they are they are just like these little vignettes of like ridiculousness like one of them is them like playing with bones and it turns out like they're in a graveyard and the pet dragon has like been playing fetch with bones that it dug out of the ground. And like the other one is like the dragon like learning to breathe fire by sneezing. Like they're so silly and fun and the art style is a really just like, I don't know. It's, it's my favorite kind of simplistic. Um, I just really love it. I love it. I love the palette. It's like this this like beige and blue are the main uh, colors and it just it works so well. Um, and then this one, speaking of laughing out loud, Cursed Princess Club by Lamb Cat not only had me actually laughing like per at least once per episode but it has music it has a soundtrack <gasps> i was like wait that's a thing it is a thing oh. there is like music there each episode has its own music which changes as you scroll there's different like background music for different panels and sections of the comic <laughs> And it is about uh, this king who has four children. Three of them are girls. One of them is boy. And they each have like a special something. And one of them, Gwendolyn, has like, she is not like a shiny Disney princess. Like she is the opposite of a shiny Disney princess. But what I love so much about the way this is presented is that like nobody thinks anything of it inside of her family. Like nobody is like being mean to her about it or even acknowledging that something is weird about how she looks versus how the other people work. So it's just like, this is just Gwendolyn. <laughs> we love her. Like, yeah, she's a wombat stuck to her head and her teeth are pointy and her skin is kind of green. Like what, what are you, what is the, what's the problem? Um, and it is so funny and sweet. I'm really enjoying it. So yes. Uh, so Sally and Bean by Aristocrate and Cursed Princess Club by Lambcat. Two shout outs. Amazing. I also have two shout outs because as I was exploring, I was struggling to figure out which ones I was going to talk about. And I was like, mm. Jen has some shout outs. I'm just, just going <laughs> to shove it as much as I can in here. We're always down to cheat. I know. Yeah. For good reason. So one of them was Not Another Cliche by Sim Cray. Again, this is an online name. I do not know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it, this was a really great, like, sort of mashup of fandom culture style comic because it has, like, this sort of Disney cross with Sailor Moon art style, mm. but also it started out feeling like a dark Alice in Wonderland story, and then it turns out there's, like, all sorts of stuff about being a gamer and being part of the gaming world. So it has like all sorts of, you know, nerdy fandom culture stuff and Easter eggs in it. And it's about this person, Sky, who enters this world that is a game basically in the wrong place, not where new people should be. Um, and get saved by an advanced player named Aki who realizes Sky was placed in this dangerous part of the world by bad actors. And so Sky goes to where the starting point actually is and learns about why she's there and what she needs to do and gets enrolled in all this stuff. And there are clicks that she learns about. It's very like, cutesy but also like violent and it is not pg even though it looks it <laughs> it looks mm. like a disney cartoon but it definitely has curse words and all sorts of stuff but there's actually a sort of futuristic reason they're there so it has like a science fiction element too it's just like so different and so 
interesting. I will note, you know, this is somebody who is doing this all by themselves. They don't have an editor. So they're like grammar and typo things in there. It did not make a difference to me. Mm. You know, these are people doing their best, but I thought it was so fun and entertaining. Um, and so yeah, that was uh, Not Another Cliche by Sim Cray. And then the other one I started reading was Opposite of Always, which I didn't realize when I started reading it was is based on the novel, the YA novel by Justin A. Reynolds. Hmm. Um, and this one has, it's like a comic adaptation with art by Sharp Teething. And the comic version was written by Darius Dudley, but it's this sort of Groundhog's Day style story where a young man tries to save this young woman he's falling for he's entering college for the first time and he meets her there but he started out having feelings for his best friend who is in a relationship with his other best friend so it's just like messy but in the beginning of the story you see that he's trying to save her life she's in a hospital you don't know what's going on but when he doesn't accomplish it, he gets sent back to the beginning of their relationship again. And it seems to keep going and keep going until you expect he will be able to save her. But it's it was just really another one that was really well done. I was having trouble like pulling away from it. It's really compelling. The writing and the art are fantastic. And so if you wanted to read a webtoon based on a novel then you can check out Opposite of Always, again, based on the novel by Justin A. Reynolds and um, adapted by Sharp Teething and Darius Dudley. Amazing. So many good things. So many. I'm sure there's like even more. more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, we'll we'll include Dana's recommendations in the show notes, which also look excellent. Yes. And I will read <laughs> uh, along with everything else I've now subscribed to <laughs> over the course of this show. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for coming along with us on this journey into Webtoons. We love a listener suggestion. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so, yes, that's our episode. SFFIA is sound edited by Caitlin Brame, with so many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. Uh, for more recommendations, including comics recommendations across the wide world of comics, both web and print, you can go to bookriot.com. You can find our other podcasts, including First Edition, our brand new one, at bookriot.com slash listen. And as always, thank you so much for listening. You can email us your listener theme suggestions, favorite webtoons, uh, pet pictures, whatever, SFF, yeah, at bookride.com. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever you can leave a review. It helps other people find the show. Um, and in between shows, Sharifa, where can the people find you? They can find me on Instagram at S-I-N-O-Williams. That's S-C-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And you can also find me on Instagram at I am Jen IRL, I-A-M-J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Tumblr as Jen IRL. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.